Bible says, stop preaching in his name. Because when you do, you're calling his blood down upon us. I think it'd only be good right now if we just lift our hands. We sang about it, but I think it needs to come from an individual level. Why don't you just call his name right now? Come on, we can sing about it. We can shout about it. But the highest dimension of praise is when you open your mouth. That's the highest dimension is when you open your mouth and a sound comes out. What better sound than the name of Jesus? You see, devils begin to tremble when you call on the name of Jesus. They can't stand the blood. You're an overcomer by the word of your testimony. Declare it. And by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, the blood's moving in this place right now. I'm telling you, spirits are stirred right now because it knows the people in Indian Village know the power of the name and they know what the name does. talking about the blood I don't know if you can feel it I know I can boy it just makes the devil mad you can feel it it's just like you don't say that don't call on that name don't don't call on it because it, he knows that when you call it in faith the only thing that can stop him is that blood and wherever the blood is he can't touch it he can't touch it he can't cross it Come on, these are our weapons that we use. He can't come into your house. He can't mess with your mind. That's why the old timers, I wish I had a few old timers right now. I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my family's mind. I plead the blood over my home. I plead the blood. there's good people of God that came in here with a need today and they're going to get what they came here for and hell can't stop it a spirit can't stop it that spirit of apathy and, and uh, it can't stop it somebody right now just give God a shout of praise make the devil real mad and let him know what side you're on Said her knees are doing a little better. 
I'm glad she's in the house of the Lord today. And we can just get Sister Betty up in here. Boy, we'd have the, the dynamic trio, quadrio, whatever you want to call it. We'd have all our, our elders in here. And uh, I want to see her well. And uh, I thank God for these old saints of God that have just proven so faithful through the years. And uh, I, I always give them honor, or try to when it, when it comes to, to give them high honor. It's, it's something that the younger folk can look back and see and say, hey, if they can do it, you don't know their story. Trust me, it ain't been a bed of roses. They've fallen on hardship just like anybody else. But yet their testimony remains what we're going to talk about today. It remains the same. That they're still reaching for the promises of God. To me, that's the greatest testimony you could have. Not so much that God's healed you or fixed this or fixed that. But the fact that I'm still reaching for it. That's the highest testimony. Is the fact that I'm still believing God for more. And that's what God has for His people. If you got your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And start with verse 13. 11 and 13. See, I ain't even ate a bunch of turkey yet. My neck's already fat. And this shirt don't fit. And that just makes me mad. Why couldn't we just be young pups again, Brother Tyrone, and I just be slim and trim? Because I got to change wardrobes every time I gain. 11 and 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Now I know I just read text and that the protocol is, is come on get into the sermon. But I want to read that last verse one more time. And let it go deep into your spirit. But now they desire a better. That is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. I want to preach to you from this simple thought. Where will you stop? Where will you stop? If you would, just lift your hands, lift your voice. Ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, talk to us. Speak to us through your word. 
Lord, I'm just a man. I, I'm asking to let your anointing flow through my mind, my spirit, everything you've given me. Help me to deliver it with such accuracy of your spirit, just like you want. I don't say one thing more, one thing less, but let it benefit. Strengthen the people of God. I ask you today in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Preparation for service. I, uh, this, actually, this thought uh, came to me. Not this title. The title, I just got it a while ago. But the thought, the scripture text came to me earlier in the week and uh, I began to think on it <clears throat> and uh, spoke of it uh, before already and I've preached actually from these these verses before but then last night I began to prepare and, and make ready and uh, had a little different direction and then I felt the Lord nudge me back to this particular text and said what are you saying all that far uh, to, to maybe just by chance somebody here today that would maybe the thought would run through your mind uh, that's just uh, stereotypical sermonizing. Uh, I, I don't want you to leave here today thinking it's just sermonizing. But I feel a, a word from the Lord for somebody in these verses that we have read. That it's not just a sermon. You know, everything in, in this world is diabolically opposed to your faith. Now, there's no one in here exempt today uh, in faith. Every man has a measure of faith. Now, what you do with that faith and how you cultivate that faith and grow that faith Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of the Lord. The more word you get, and not just word, but understanding, there's a difference. You get the word of the Lord, that's good that we memorize it and we read it. But the greatest dimension of, of the word of God and where it will have its most benefit for you is when you read it, you get understanding of it. And that understanding comes from the Lord. You, you don't get taught understanding from a Bible school. You may learn homiletics, hermeneutics, eschatology, and all these different types of ways of studying the Word of God. But the, the, the best way, the truest way, is when you read the Word of God and it comes by revelation. You begin to read the pages and as you read it out of your hunger, something begins to happen. Uh, and I'll be the first to testify when I first started reading the Word of God, it didn't make any sense to me. The thou's, the don'ts, the, the, the shall's and all this. It didn't make any sense. I'd read it. I never could put together the chronological order of it. I never understood it. But I kept uh, reading and I kept hungering for it. But I would mix the reading of that word in prayer. And I would call on the Lord. And tears would begin to fall from my cheek. And I'd begin to say, God, help me to understand it. It's the will of God for us to understand the word of God. Many people will say it's just another book that's for the preacher to interpret. I don't believe that. The Bible talks about where there was a word of God or a famine of the word of God. The people grew weak. They began to grow at, or began to have a deficit in their faith. You show me places where the word of God was pronounced and understanding came with that word of God. I'll show you a group of people in the word of God that they begin to grow. They begin to get stronger. Their faith begin to grow. They begin to get hopeful they begin to get you show me hopelessness I'll show you a lack of understanding of the word of God 
Not saying that those spirits won't come to you. You will experience spirits of hopelessness, spirits of oppression, spirits of discouragement. They are spirits, demonic spirits that will come against you at certain times of your life to try to test and to challenge that faith. They will do everything in their power to speak. Uh, You you say the enemy uh, don't speak. Yes, he does. Notice Jezebel didn't come to Elijah with, with a sword and a shield. She came with a message from her mouth. The enemy, the only weapon he's got is his mouth to try to make you believe that God don't care and God don't know where you are. What's the counteracting of the word? I'm uh, The counteracting of the word of the enemy. I'm going to get the only word that can defeat him and that's the word of God. My words ain't going to do no good. I can't get in an arguing match with the enemy and think I'm going to win. But if I can pick up the word of God and say, thus saith the Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can counteract anything that the enemy throws at you. If he throws depression, if he throws hopelessness, if he throws fear, doubt, worry, discouragement. Thus saith the Lord, God's not given me the spirit of fear, but of might, power, and of a sound mind. My mind is well. My mind is whole. And it's whole because the word of God's made it whole. Not because I said it, but because God's word says my mind will be whole. Oh, I feel the help of the Lord. I'm going to get real crazy on you. Y'all better just tighten up. It's Thanksgiving, so I'm going to give you a reason to be thankful for a crazy preacher. (laughs) My dad's going, oh, Jesus, what's he about to do now? It's all right, Dad. You'll live. You'll live. I used to, uh, not used to, man, I did it just this week, Sister Claudia. I got in prayer, and I got to pray, and I got my, I, got, I felt faith moving in my spirit. See, every man's got to measure faith. But I'm after one agenda, Brother Will. I want to grow my faith. I don't want to have the same. I can give you scripture for that, and that's another message another day. I want to give God investment back on his, his I want to give him return on his investment. If God put it in me, then I want to give him something back. If I don't give him nothing back, then what good? He said, the one that didn't give nothing back, he said, get on out of here. So there's scriptural principle to it. But this week, I begin to pray, and I begin to feel faith moving in my spirit. And I begin to speak the word of God. And this is where I said, I get a little crazy. But I took that word, this Bible right here, and I said, Lord, I want it on my head my mind. I want you to touch my mind. God, I want you to put it right now over my heart. God, I'm speaking every scripture. I know I'm quoting every one I know, but I need the word of God to cover my heart today. If there's anything in my heart, God, I need you to do something in my heart. I need you to help my head. I need you to help my emotions. I need you to help my body. God, right now, I got a pain right here. I'm asking you now, by your stripes, I'm healed. See, faith begin to move, and I didn't just tell you. You say, well, oh, that's so stupid. Well, you just sit there sick in your body and worry yourself to death and fret. I'm going to do whatever I can do to try to let heaven know. You say, well, what are you doing, Benoit? I'm trying to let heaven know sometimes raising my hands ain't enough. Sometimes just kind of running in place ain't enough. Sometimes me shouting with my voice ain't enough. So I'm going to do something just a little bit crazy saying, God, I don't care what my brain's telling me. You're crazy or what people think. I want God to know that I'm in love with you and I want you to be proud to call me your people as I declare back to you, I'm thankful that you're my God. That's just, that's just two way out there, Brother Benoit. And you do stuff that, man, 
I've been in church all my years and I ain't heard stuff like that. Well, you see, I read that verse 13. Find that for me, Ben. Well, I tell you what. Find for me real quick Ecclesiastes 8 and 11. I'm going to put this right here. And just don't mess with it. Just leave it right there. I love you. Ecclesiastes, here's where some of the struggle is with our faith. Right, Ecclesiastes, verse 10, because sentence, I go back 10, Sister Beth, go back one more. 11's good, and that's where I'm going to launch, but let's do 10. And so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy. He said, I seen some wicked people come, and I seen them die. He said, but in their lifetime, I seen them come to church. He said, and they died. The next verse explains 10. He said, they came to church. They came to the place of the holy. They were forgotten in the city where they had so done. And he said, this is just all vanity. He's saying, you know what? You got to let some things go. People that come to church and don't come back again. People that are supposedly supposed to live for God and don't again. Some things you got to just let go. You're not God. I'm not God. You can't make them live for God. They've got their own free will. Now what I can do is pray. God, don't let them stop. Because you see, me and your testimony here today, where are we going to stop determines sometimes where other people are going to stop. That's why some of you are fighting some things that you never thought you'd face. Why? Because if the enemy can take you out, he's going to take that. In essence, he's taking out all the people that are watching your living for God and how you're faithful and you keep doing what's right. You're trying to live for God in spite of I lost my job, I lost my finances, I lost my marriage, I lost my home, I lost this. But yet you still get back up again and say, you know what, I'm going to try to live for God to the best. I told you, I've told this church over and over, God ain't looking for perfection. He's looking for somebody that's hungry for him more than the air that you breathe. Now I don't know. Do you love him more than the air that you breathe? Or do you love your life more than you love him? I'm speaking of the things that we possess and have. Things that we call life. It shouldn't take the place of him. He says, I give life, not I take, you, you and I take life. You seek first the kingdom of God and in seeking him first, he says, I will give life and life more abundantly. He's the only one that can define life. That's another message for some other day. But that's good. Go ahead and write that down. He defines it. But he's saying here are these things. You can't control what people do. You can't control them coming or not coming. Living for God, not living for God. You can't control somebody acting right, not acting right. You can do everything in your power to try to make Beth listen and them kids listen. Just like your mama did everything in her power to make you listen. And she still could not make you listen. But she did the best that she could. Why? 
Because the decision came with what you make on your own. You and I decide where we stop in living for God. You and I decide how much of God we get. You say, well, well, that don't make sense. You can't. God, in essence, the Holy Ghost, you've heard me say this, but let me repeat it again for some that the Holy Ghost is a measurable commodity. You can be half empty, low, high, because the Bible says when Stephen was stoned, he was full. Bible don't just put in the word full if it didn't really matter. Full means you're full of the Holy Ghost. If I'm full, I can be running on half empty. And I tell you what, there's been a couple times since Tiffany, I've been running on some fumes. Anybody? Okay, I don't get no honest folk up in church now. I know I need to preach about lying. (laughs) Come on, we've all ran on some fumes sometimes when I needed a little bit more Holy Ghost, but I knew I hadn't prayed like I should have. I knew I hadn't been fasting like I should have, but yet God's still merciful to you, and he's merciful to me, and the little bit that we got is still enough to get us through the day. Thank God for the going down of the sun and the rising on the day. There's always a brand new day. always a new day that you and I can wake up tomorrow and say I'm going to scratch yesterday it didn't turn out like I wanted but I'm not stopping here I'm going to keep pressing for the things that God has for me and my family the curse of Pentecost is to stop we get Acts 2.38 and we just stop I got the Holy Ghost and Well, if you got it and don't use it again, you can lose it. You got to make sure you stay full and that thing's moving through you and occupying and living in your life and functioning in your thinking and feelings. So my testimony is really my existence in living for God and showing a world I cannot stop. I love that song, I cannot stop praising him. I cannot stop praising him. I love that song because it, it, it conveys a message. Uh, it don't matter how I feel. It don't matter how bad of a day I had. Praise is always in order. I promise you this. You having a bad prayer? Why don't you try praising him in the prayer? Because prayer and praise go together. I can show you to you scripturally. You can't go to God mully grubbing, sad sack, down in the dumps. You can't go to him that way and begin to praise him and stay that way. Don't work. Don't work. When you really praise him in prayer, so my point is there's been times, Brother Darrell, I went to him in prayer and I was just down in my spirit. I needed a word from God. I needed an encounter from God. I needed a visitation from God. I needed something from him. And I'd go to him in prayer and it just seemed like I was kind of just belly aching and complaining about everything wrong. And it's like something would hit me. You know what? I'm not getting nowhere with this. God really ain't speaking with this. And about that moment, there wasn't nobody in the room. It was me by myself. I just began to say Jesus I praise you I praise you for your goodness I praise you for your mercy I praise you for your grace and brother Daryl when I got done praising about 5, 10, 20 minutes later my prayer began to change something heavenly moved in the room if you need a 
word from God in your prayer room. Try praising him when you... We just stop. Here's what he says in 10. Go back to 10, Beth. I ain't done with that one. That's just too good. He said, I saw him buried. You don't change him. And here's what you need to key it in that right there. Once you die, you're dead. I'm going to let that sink in. Once you die, you're dead. There ain't nobody going to pray you out of that. Well, they were a good person, so we're going to pray them. I'm going to say it real plainly, but there's, a, there's an understanding or a, 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 a thinking of this hour that's saying that once you die, we can, pay, we can pay enough and pray you out. There ain't no praying out once you die. Well, he was a good man, so we're going to pray him into heaven. That don't exist. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. When you and I die, it's over and it's finished. That scripture is giving you and I proof that when you die, all they're going to do is talk about you. They can't get you out of where you are. It's finished. But now here's the effect it has on you and I. Next verse, Sister Beth. I can't change them. But now here's what happens. Their dying can affect me if I stop. He said because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, the heart of people is now set to do evil. Here's what that means. Because God didn't judge them for their evil. Because God didn't step in and take care of the problem. I now begin to look at it and say, God don't care about evil. So I can do whatever I want to. Watch me. And here's where we are of why we stop. Next verse. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, his days are prolonged. He's saying he still can mess up and he's still going to live. And because God didn't come down and kill him or deal with him or judge him, here's what happens to us. Yet surely I know that it will be well with them that fear God. That's, we gotta, you got to take the opposite of that. When God don't deal with it speedily, we lose the fear of God. That's why people can come to church and have no fear of, I may walk out of this door and die tomorrow. And am I right with God today? So therefore we stop today. And we leave, Brother Joe, we leave out the doors and just go keep living our life day by day, losing the fear of the Lord that God don't care about sin. God don't care about, because nothing bad's happened. First of all, shame on us that we would want something bad to happen to a sinner. We don't want nothing bad to happen to anybody. What we want is, is that all would come to repentance and realize the best thing ever happened to me and to you is I found an altar. He filled me with his spirit and I began to walk in the things of God with a fear of God. Not a fear of God's judgment. Not a fear of God wanting to kill me. But a fear of displeasing God and walk with him day by day. 
And he says, but we know those that fear him will maintain a position and understand. I've got to please God today. See, these are things and factors that hinder our moving forward. It hinders our worship. It hinders our prayer. It hinders, well, you know what? It just don't really matter. Let's go to Hebrews 11 now. What we call the hall of faith. It lists all the people, how it started with their walk of faith with God. Abraham called out of the Ur of Chaldees. Called out a man that stepped out with nothing. Left everything behind. That's what Hebrews 11 and 15 was saying. He's saying these people left for a promise that God gave them with no promise that it was going to be fulfilled in their time. That's the, country, that's, that's the whole message. They had no guarantee that they would be in the country today. Just like you and I today. Do we think that God is coming back for the church? Do we believe it? Yes, we do. But what if he don't come for five more years? World War I, they talked about it. World War II, it was the coming of the Lord. The Korean War, the Vietnam War, it's the coming of the Lord. We're in war. It's in rumors of war. And every prophetic teacher said, God could come then. God could, and everybody got ready. But here's what happened. The world got more wicked. The world got more evil. The world got more twisted. And we kept calling for rapture, rapture, trying to keep everybody away and making sure the fear of the Lord stayed there. But over time, God didn't deal with a wicked world and we just kind of sat back and we've stopped. We've stopped. We don't push in prayer. We don't, faithfulness to the house of God don't really matter. I just show up when I can. I just do what I can. I do when I can. And thank God, I understand there's extraneous circumstances. You're, you're not well in your body. You've got family. I understand all that. But here's what I'm after this morning. God is looking for some Abrahams. He's looking for some Isaacs. He's looking for some Jacobs that you can look afar off and say, you know what? I'm living for God today because of one reason. Jesus is going to come and I'm going to be a part of that country. I might not see it today I might not feel it today but I'm going to walk every day with a mind made up that I'm going Abraham see Abraham left where he was he lived his family he left everything Folks, these are the people. You say, well, that's the great patriarch Abraham. Brother Sean, those are the people me and you are going to stand next to in judgment. They left everything to move to what God was saying, come. And it's like a service like today. God says, come, I got something more for you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you friends. It's going to cost you things that you didn't allocate in your budget of spiritual wellness. But if you'll do it unto the Lord, God will make sure every time that where that budget is just not adding up and you're at a deficit and you feel like I can't handle this mentally no more. I can't handle this emotionally no more. I can't handle this physically no more. 
God will always make up the difference. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll make sure you got the mental health you need. He'll make sure you got the spiritual health you need. He'll make sure you got everything. He said, I will supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory. Come on, somebody. Don't let this be the place you stop, but let it be the place you catch a fresh wind and say, you know what? I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. I'm going to worship like I've never worshiped before. I'm going to be a part of the kingdom like I've never been a part of it before. I don't want to just occupy. I'm ready to get on the field and play. I've seen people about this with with their offerings and tithing, Brother Kyle, Brother Sean, Micah. I've seen people get to the end of their month and go, well, man, surely I, I can't give in my tithing because I had to pay all my bills. Now, this is what's going to make probably about five of you mad, but it's the will of God, so sorry. I'm not purposely trying to make anybody upset. But tithing is first fruits. It's first fruits. And before I ever pay any bill, I gave in my tithe. And it's God. See, this is where people get crossed up. They think they're giving it to a preacher or to a church. You're not giving it to the preacher of the church. You're giving it unto the Lord. Now, if that preacher of that church messes it up, then they're in trouble with God. Let me tell you, their, God's punishment on, on, on the preacher is far more harder than you could ever be. Oh, there it is. I knew it'd pop up. But here's my point to telling the story. Since Mark Tyler on, I gave him my tithe first before I did anything. Always I gave it first. Before I paid any bill, I gave it first. And when I gave it first, do you know? Wow. My bills got paid. God always supplied my needs. And I can tell you story after story that when people got in alignment and said, you know what? I'm not stopping in my giving. I'm not stopping in my prayer. I'm not stopping in my faithfulness. I'm not stopping in my worship. When you decide to not stop in any of God's things that he's asked, I promise you this. God will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Am I preaching to an old-time Pentecostal church or no? But you see, we, we get, well, if I do this, you know, it's like being active in the things of God. We kind of just take a back seat when God's saying, I wanted you to be in the front seat. I got things I want to use you in my kingdom, Brother Sean. It's more than you just helping us with the landscaping. There's a witness that God wants to use you telling other people. I put that in you for a reason. Don't let the enemy make you stop. Don't let the enemy make you. Dad, you're 80-something years old. Don't you stop right now. Don't you back up right now. You ain't prayed your best prayer yet. That's why I tell anybody, it don't matter how old you are, how young you are. Just let God lead you. Just whatever you do, don't stop. And let God lead you. Why? Because you see a promise. You say, Brother Benoit, you're naming all these things. Well, I can go back through and tell you praise, prayer, giving. All of those things are scriptural. Those all collectively come together in what keeps you moving forward. These people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were all people that the word says 
They saw it. Give me verse 13, Sister Beth. They saw it afar off. They saw it afar off. And what happened? They died in faith looking, but somebody turned to your neighbor and say, but they never held it. Can you still live for God when you've done all the things right? You're faithful in giving. You're faithful in church. You're, you're praying. You're seeking God. You're trying to live right the best of your ability. Can we still keep moving forward when I've done everything I know to do, but yet one day may come that God may say, you're going to die in faith and you're not going to hold it tangibly. And here's how the thought came to me. You either die in faith or your faith dies in you. That's the message of the day. You either die in faith and everything Paul said, I, I'm running a race and I see something before me, Brother Smith. I look at you as an elder minister, Brother, Brother Bushnell, elder ministers. You, you, you've preached messages, you've pastored churches, you've built churches, done so much for the things of God, the kingdom of God. But every time I talk to you at the end of church, you come and giving me another sermon, another thought, another thing. Why? Because something in you is saying, I've done all this. I've been faithful in my giving. I've been faithful in my worship. I've been faithful to the house of God but something in me is saying there's still something more and I'm not going to stop here I'm not going to let my sickness I'm not going to let my family doing crazy stuff stop me from living for God I'm not going to let my marriage go crazy I'm coming to a close yeah I'm going to pick on you <laughs> Y'all get divorced or you can do something crazy and run off with a 20-year-old. It's the best thing could come to me right now, okay? I'm struggling. It's Thanksgiving. Be thankful. I'm even preaching today. Pray for him, Brother Savon. You do something crazy. I mean just so much that me, my wife, and even Dylan want to just, just, I mean just tie your ears in a knot for being so crazy. To leave my poor mama. Here you are, 80 years old, I think. You're getting there. You're going to be there. And you leave my poor mama holding the bag while you and your... Fancy car vet with a 20-year-old. Nothing wrong with vets and 20-year-old, okay? Just stay married. <laughs> Here's my point. Don't get mad at God because he was goofy. Why do we get mad at God when our family, our spouses, our homes do something dumb? Stick to the doctrine. Stick to the word. Stick to praising him. Stick to what you know is right. Don't let people stop you from living for God. It's not worth it. Don't take it out on God because somebody else. You're either going to die in the faith reaching or your faith in you is going to die 
not reaching. And I know people, I've, I've been a part of funerals. Sad to say, I'd go to their funeral. I can't say that they were reaching for the things of God. They were just kind of there. Their faith in them died. They gave up on their family. They gave up on their kids. They gave up on the things that, that was going to make the difference. Listen to me. Moving into the promises of God are going to cost you something. And many times the only cost is your comfort. It's never going to cost you these other. It's going to cost you your comfort. So if you want the promises of God, it's going to be uncomfortable as you reach for them. But if you just keep reaching for them, God's got a little bit of a, a, a help in the spirit. Come on, I don't mean to be corny or here. God can rub a little bit of Ben Gay on your broke mobility and say, if you reach for me, I'll touch your body. I'll touch your family. I'll touch. You either die in faith reaching as I see it afar off. And here it is. They were persuaded of them. Notice promises. S. Plural. Them. Plural. What he's trying to tell you and I is this. Just because you get one promise today. You have by no means tapped out. The well of God's promises. God's got far more promises. Than you and I have got container. To hold the promises of God. You haven't seen a blinded eye open. You haven't seen a deaf ear unstopped. You haven't seen that backslidden son and daughter walk in the back door yet. But these promises, watch, they saw it, they were persuaded, and they embraced it, and they confessed it. I'll come back and teach a lesson on it. Three components that are critical to you acting towards what you see. It's more than just say, I want to make heaven. It's me saying, I'm persuaded. I embrace it. And the last one is what? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is going to do what I'm confessing before him. That's why I say over and over, death and life's in the power of the tongue. That's why I say again, and I did before service, declare his name. Open your mouth. Jesus. Your confession is in your mouth. I'm not confessing to somebody. They can't forgive my sins. I'm confessing to the only one that can forgive my sins, and that's Jesus Christ, the Almighty God manifested in the flesh. So when you open your mouth and say, I'm not quitting today. I'm not giving up today. I'm not stopping today. But I tell you what I'm going to do today. I'm going to pray a little bit harder. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to reach a little bit further. God promised me my family. God promised me my home. God promised me my spouse. I'm going to embrace it and confess it because I'm persuaded. Nothing is going to change God's mind. And the conclusion of it all is verse 15 when he said, You know what? They came out. 
but they could always have returned. Anybody that says once saved, always saved, they got to figure out that scripture. Well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm saved. Well, I believe in Jesus and I'm saved. Then you need to explain that scripture right there. Because if you were once saved, then you're guaranteed in by one confession of Jesus. That's not true. Because according to that, he said, they could have turned back and went around. That means you can start going, but you can have not only a stopping moment, you can go back. What it says is you can backslide. And if I can't backslide, and I'm a proven testimony, I backslid. I backslid. But God was gracious and merciful enough to me that I made up in my mind, God, I'm going to try again. And I got back up, and it took them a while. But I tell you what, something broke in my spirit. And Brother Sean, I've never went back again. And now this message resonates in my spirit as much as it does yours. I started this to finish my course at the end that he would say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into what I prepared for you. I'm preaching to a group of people. You didn't start this to stop. You didn't start it to take a siesta and a little break but you started this that one day you're going to hear the same words well done good and faithful saint of Indian village enter into me enter in with me into good rest stand with me at any time you can stop at any time you can go back at any time you can quit church you can walk out on God anytime But you need to hear this preacher this morning that wherever you stopped and walked out, God is at that place that you stopped. Because here's one thing about God. God don't turn around. God don't go in reverse. In him there's no shadow of turning. He's a 365 degree light bulb. Wherever he goes, he shines with the power of of his word and hope to his people that if you won't stop God will never stop he'll never stop helping you he'll never stop reaching he'll never stop reaching for a backslidden son and daughter that's why I've said if there's breath in their body there's always hope we may get frustrated we may get aggravated We may get discouraged and say, God, they're getting further and further from you. I say again, if there's breath in their body, then let's pray the prayer of faith and say, God, in the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of alcohol. I bind that spirit of addiction. I bind whatever it is that's opposing them. Loose them now in the name of Jesus. If you want to see that happen and you see the promises of God, throw your hands to the heavens right now and declare it. I see it. Come on, step out of that pew. Let's all come together. Let's all come together. Come on, come, come. Church family, come. Come on, let's all come together. Let's all come together. Ghost is asking somebody questions today again. Where are you going to stop? God's leaving it up to you and I where we're going to stop. And all we have to do is answer back to Him with this real simple if you meet it God, I'm not stopping until I get to that heavenly city. 
until I get to that heavenly city. I'm not going to stop. I may stumble. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times. That means men that are trying to do right are going to fall and make mistakes. But yet what makes them just is the fact they get back up again and say, God, I'm going to be effectual. I'm going to keep trying to do what's right because I know that's what pleases the Lord. Come on, one more time. Just stretch your hands to heaven. Lift your voice and answer the question to the Lord, not to me. I can't fix you. I can't fix anything. But I tell you what, I know the one that can, and he's listening to the hearts of people today. He's listening to the prayers of people today. He's listening to the cries of people today. Come on, just because God ain't taking care of wrong, and it looks like wrong's getting by, don't lose your fear of the Lord. Don't lose the fear of the Lord of wanting to displease him. Yeah. 